Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report, and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. We begin with some good pandemic news. Hospitalizations for coronavirus patients in California are at their lowest level in six months. That means just over 2,200 COVID patients were hospitalized as of this past Saturday, compared to the peak of nearly 7,200 patients hospitalized in July. And coronavirus patients in intensive care units are now at their second lowest level since the pandemic began. Meantime, the state is easing restrictions to allow up to three households to socialize together outdoors as long as they wear masks and follow other safety precautions to stem the spread of the virus. The state's Health and Human Services Secretary, Dr. Mark Galley, says the new guidelines are a recognition that family and friends will feel the urge to socialize in larger groups as the holiday season nears. And the purpose of the small gatherings guidance is really to not say it's a good idea or appropriate to gather with three families, but to really say more than three households, you really are um, increasing your risk. Health and Human Services Secretary Dr. Mark Galley. And one huge economic blow caused by the pandemic is the continued closure of California's amusement parks like Disneyland and Universal Studios. But across the country, Florida is reopening its parks. So Governor Gavin Newsom says he's sending California officials to Florida to see firsthand how things are going since Disney World and other parks reopened last month. We have supported an effort to actually find out directly Uh, by sending our own team uh, to these sites uh, as it relates to theme parks uh, to get a better sense of what's going on. While uh, we absolutely uh, take people's word uh, for information that they provide us, we want to see things for ourselves. Newsom says the state is also drafting new guidelines for smaller parks and fairs. And let's turn to the 2020 election, which gets weirder and weirder. California's top election official and the state's attorney general are demanding that California's Republican Party remove unauthorized ballot drop-off boxes that have appeared in at least three counties in the state. In partnership with Cap Radio, Scott Rod explains. They cropped up at a church, a gas station, and a few gun stores, claiming to be official drop boxes for voters to submit their ballots. More than a dozen in total across Los Angeles, Orange, and Fresno counties. Speculation swirled about their origin, and then the state Republican Party confirmed they were responsible. California's Secretary of State Alex Padilla has warned county election officials that the boxes are illegal. State Attorney General Javier Becerra indicated at a press conference that the state will consider all legal options if the boxes remain, including criminal charges. We want to protect the sanctity of your vote. You have a right to vote and you have a right to know that your vote will be counted the right way. The state GOP has been vocal on Twitter. The party says the drop boxes are legal under California's ballot collection law, a practice also known as ballot harvesting. 
The law says voters can allow someone else to return their signed ballot. That includes if an organization holds a ballot casting event where a designated person collects them. Padilla says the GOP is doing something totally different. He argues the law only allows for a voter to hand their ballot to an individual who must then sign it. That is lost through these unofficial ballot drop boxes, let alone the uh, lack of security uh, that is required of official drop boxes. A cease and desist letter gives the Republican Party three days to remove the boxes and return any collected ballots to county election officials. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento. And more on this controversy. Last night, I talked to Hector Barejas, a spokesperson for the state Republican Party. He says the party makes no apology for what it's done and says it'll continue to use the unofficial ballot drop-off boxes. We will respond to the cease and desist letter, but we will continue our ballot harvesting program. If the Secretary of State would like to provide us what section code or what election code has been violated, we'd love to see it. And we will continue to do our ballot harvesting. And if they've got a problem with it, we'll see them in court. So, Mr. Barajas, if state or county officials seize these unofficial ballot drop-off boxes, what are California Republicans going to do? I mean, keep using them even though they've been told they're illegal? No, of course. We're not going to allow the Secretary of State to go out and suppress the vote and give less options for individuals to turn in their ballot. Look, with COVID-19 right now, I would rather go to a place that I am familiar with, I know, and I trust to to give my ballot as opposed to having a complete stranger come to my home and take my ballot. That's California GOP spokesman Hector Barajas. Northern California is in for another round of hot, windy weather this week. As KQED's Dan Brecky reports, those conditions mean Pacific Gas and Electric is preparing for another possible round of wildfire safety blackouts. The National Weather Service says critical fire weather conditions are expected in much of the northern half of the state in coming days, with very low humidities and winds gusting up to 50 miles an hour. In response, PG&E says it may begin public safety power shutoffs as early as Wednesday morning in areas stretching from Yosemite to the northern Sierra in the higher elevations of the San Francisco Bay Area and parts of the Santa Cruz Mountains and Big Sur. The blackouts are designed to minimize the danger of electrical lines touching off wildfires and could last in some areas through Friday morning. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes on our watch season two, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Hint, 
fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors, no sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint, water with a touch of true fruit flavor. And Earth Justice, a national nonprofit law organization fighting for the right to a healthy environment. Earth Justice, because the Earth needs a good lawyer. And finally this morning, many seasonal events have been canceled this year because of the pandemic, including the annual Pumpkin Festival in Half Moon Bay. But the annual Giant Pumpkin weigh-in was held without spectators yesterday. A horticulture teacher from Minnesota was awarded first prize for his pumpkin, which weighed in at 2,350 pounds. Travis Geiner says he's been growing pumpkins since he was a teenager. He was awarded more than $16,000 for the gourd, which will be featured in the parade later this month. And that is the California Report for Tuesday, October 13th. I'm Saul Gonzalez in L.A. Have a great day. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions. Online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.